All right, welcome back to the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Luke. In this session, we're going to be looking at Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. We are now really close to the end of this long travel narrative as Luke has arranged his gospel in this whole middle section with Jesus' intent on getting to Jerusalem. Well, Jesus is now ready for his final leg of the journey, the long road out of Jericho and up to Jerusalem. But first, here in this little recording is the well-known encounter with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus in this encounter stands really as the counterpart to the rich young ruler. Both are noted as having powerful positions. You see that in their the root arche, ruler, in he's a ruler, arche, and a chief tax collector, an arche tax collector. So both are rulers. They have powerful positions. Both are noted as being extremely wealthy. Uh, Jesus appeals to the rich young ruler to give his possessions to the poor, and he won't, so he goes away sad. Jesus never makes that appeal to Zacchaeus, but nevertheless, Zacchaeus does give away his possessions to the poor. So you see the contrast between the two there. The rich young ruler is a respectable member of society, and yet he misses out on salvation. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, is a despised member of society, but salvation comes to his house. And so Zacchaeus, in a very real sense, is like the counterpoint to the rich young ruler story. And here what we see is, we see what happens when salvation enters into someone's life, regardless of who they are and what their background is. And so let's jump in. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. This is the last stop before Jerusalem. And there's a crowd with Jesus. We've learned that in the preceding episode with the blind man whom Jesus healed. So there's a crowd with and around Jesus. That crowd had attracted the blind man's attention in the previous story. And he was healed and saved as a result of his faith in Jesus. Well, that same crowd and the noise that it brings attract Zacchaeus' attention too. And so here's Jesus and this crowd passing through the city of Jericho. And verse 2 says this, There was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Well, Jericho is a border city. Um, and so it was an important place for a tax office to collect tolls, trade tariffs, customs, and things like that because of its position right on a highway at, at a border. And Zacchaeus is an important tax collector in town. He's not just a small, uh, uh, low-level tax officer. He's a chief tax collector. He's responsible for a broad region and oversees a number of collection booths. That's what that means. He's a chief or an RK tax collector. He's a, he's a ruling tax collector, right? And he's gotten rich off of it. That is, he's gotten rich off of squeezing his own people out of what limited money they could scratch from their hard work. He's done it by selling his soul to the Romans. That's the way you've got to see this man. So he's, he's powerful, he's rich, and yet he's despised because of how he's treated his own people and sold his soul to the Romans. 
Well, as Jesus is coming through town with this crowd, Zacchaeus actually wants to see Jesus. Verse 3. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, and he was an, unable to do so due to the crowd because he was short in stature. So here comes Jesus through town, and probably there is a crowd of people that have traveled with Jesus from Galilee, his disciples and some others, because that was common. There might even be so a lot of townsfolk with him because it was fairly customary for uh, a welcome party to actually go out of a city and welcome an important guest into town by, you know, with greeting him and then kind of escorting him into your city. So you probably have this mixture of townsfolk and disciples around Jesus, and it's kind of a loud, raucous event, sort of a parade welcoming him into town. And that's what got the attention of blind Bartimaeus in the previous story. And now Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, but he can't. Because why? He's short. He can't see through the crowd. He can't see over the crowd. Um, and so even though he's wealthy and at one level powerful or important, because he's a collaborator with the Romans and not a re respected member of society, he can't just ask the crowd to part for them. I mean, if he had been the rich young ruler, he could have done that. And his status and piousness and importance, the crowd would have parted and he could have walked right through to Jesus. But not Zacchaeus. He's too despised because he's a collaborator with the Romans. And so he can't see Jesus, really wants to see him, but he doesn't give up. Verse 4, so he ran ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him because Jesus was about to pass by that way. So Zacchaeus so wants to see Jesus that he does two really unusual things. He runs and he climbs. Middle Eastern men of importance don't run. This is not what they do. Their, their importance is shown by the dignity of their walk. But Zacchaeus is so determined to see Jesus, he knows where he's heading, so he runs ahead of the crowd to where he knows there's a tree, and then he climbs the tree. And that's unusual as well. Like, when was the last time you saw an important businessman climbing a tree in his suit? That just doesn't happen, right? So this is uh, unique as well. So he runs and he climbs because he's so determined to see Jesus. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to that place, so as Jesus approaches this tree, uh, he looked up, saw Zacchaeus, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Like Jesus knows who he is. Not just knows who he is, Jesus knows his name, and Jesus plans to stay at his house. This is shocking all the way around for Zacchaeus, for the crowd. This is such a surprise. Jesus doesn't re rebuke Zacchaeus for collaborating with the Romans. He doesn't rebuke him for draining his people of the money and their land and their livelihood. That's what the crowd would have expected, right? That's what the crowd would have applauded. Jesus would have been a, a local hero if he had done that, but that's not what he does. He invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house. He knows him by name. He acknowledges him by name, and he says he's going to come and stay at his house tonight, today. He's going to eat with him and stay there again. You just don't do this. Like, in their culture, like ate with like, 
Respectable people stayed with respectable people. You don't do this sort of thing, but not Jesus. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to stay at Zacchaeus' house. Well, Zacchaeus hurries down from the tree, verse 6, comes down and welcomed Jesus joyfully, like he extends an invitation. Yes, yes, definitely. You can come and you can stay at my house. And when the people saw this, they all began to complain, saying, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Notice the two very different reactions. Zacchaeus can't believe it. And with joy and excitement, he comes down and he gladly welcomes Jesus to come with him to his house. The crowd, on the other hand, they too can't believe it. They can't believe it because Jesus goes from being a well-respected celebrity giving a hero's welcome to somebody who is looked down on and looked with suspicion for his association with a notorious sinner like Zacchaeus. It always amazes me how Jesus is not driven by what the crowds think or expect, but he does what he's going to do because his character is so firmly established. And welcoming Zacchaeus and connecting with Zacchaeus was far more important than continuing a parade through town with people who saw him as a hero. Well, Zacchaeus's response continues on and goes even deeper than just welcoming Jesus. Notice verse 8. But Zacchaeus stopped. So he comes down from the tree. He welcomes Jesus. Presumably they start heading towards Zacchaeus's house. He stops and he says to Jesus, he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I'm giving to the poor. And if I've extorted anything from anyone, I'm giving back four times as much. Notice the fruit of salvation shows up immediately in Zacchaeus's life. He's going to give half of all his wealth to the poor. Jesus hadn't even asked him to do that yet. Who knows if Jesus ever would have, right? But he, he just voluntarily says, I'm going to take half of all my wealth and I am going to give it to the poor. Not only that, I'm going to pay back anything I've extorted from people four times as much. And that four times the amount, that exceeds the, the amount required by Jewish law. The law required the full amount plus 20%. But Zacchaeus goes way beyond that. He's going to give four times the amount back if he's extorted anybody. Now, there's some evidence that suggests that, that four times the amount was what the Romans required if somebody was convicted of extortion. So there's a little bit of evidence of that. Maybe that's where the four times the number came from, from Zacchaeus. But it certainly goes well beyond the Jewish amount. And so here's Zacchaeus saying, Lord, I'm actually going to, to make things right, and I'm going to take care of the poor. I'm going to give back what I've extorted. Um, that's his response. How does Jesus respond to that? Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. The fruit of repentance demonstrates that salvation has invaded Zacchaeus' life and his heart and his home. And Jesus acknowledges that, that this is evidence that salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house. Not only that, Jesus also points out that Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. That is, he's an heir of the promise made to Abraham. His faith in Jesus manifested in seeking to see him 
and manifested in his repentant response by giving away his possessions to the poor indicates that Zacchaeus now has the very faith of Abraham, and thus he's part of Abraham's family as well. He too is the son of Abraham. He is going to inherit the promise to Abraham, and that's what Jesus was sent for. Look at verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so Jesus acknowledges that Zacchaeus had gone astray, that he was lost, but he's now been found. He's a son of Abraham who has been found. He's demonstrated faith like Abraham's faith. And so now he's going to inherit the blessing and the promise to Abraham, just like all good sons of Abraham. And that's what Jesus' mission is all about. His mission isn't to drive people away. His mission is to welcome lost people home, to help lost people be found. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This man, Zacchaeus, was lost, but now he's found. And that's all come about because of an encounter with Jesus. And that's really what this story reminds us, is that Jesus is on mission to find lost people And Jesus will find them wherever he can, up in sycamore trees. He will find them along roads as beggars. Jesus welcomes all kinds of people to himself. He is the door to the kingdom of God, and he's in the business of welcoming lost people home.